The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. While Jesus was speaking to the crowds, his mother and his brothers appeared outside, wishing to speak with him. Someone told him, Your mother and your brothers are standing outside, asking to speak with you. But he said in reply to the one who told him, Who is my mother? Who are my brothers? And stretching out his hand toward his disciples, he said, Here are my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of my heavenly Father is my brother and sister and mother. The Gospel of the Lord. The icon enthroned in front of our altar depicts the scene of the feast that we celebrate today, the presentation of the Holy Virgin in the temple during her childhood. It is a feast that has an origin in two things. This is an incident in the life of the Virgin Mary that is not found in sacred scripture. It is rather an incident that is recounted in an old work, a very old work known as the Proto-Evangelium of James, essentially the prequel to the Gospels. And it is a book of considerable importance but limited historical reliability. In other words, we don't necessarily believe that everything recounted in that traditional source is spot on historically accurate. And yet it has been decisively important over the centuries in forming the Christian imagination. And it's from that source that we have the traditional names, for example, of Mary's parents, Saints Joachim and Anne. Likewise, names never mentioned in scripture but we knew she had a mom and dad and we got to call them something. Um, but the other source of this is the establishment of a church in honor of the Virgin Mary, very close to the original location of the temple in Jerusalem. And leveraging that tradition of the, leveraging the fact that it's the church of Our Lady close to the temple and having the memory of this tradition of Mary being presented into the temple, the feast has its origin in that double combination of things. It was never a big celebration in the Roman church, but from a very early time, back to the foundation of that church in Jerusalem, it has been a significant feast day among the Eastern churches. So one of the reasons we celebrate it, in fact, after the Second Vatican Council, when the calendar of our celebrations was reformed, the question was, what do we do with this particular celebration? And it was precisely as a gesture of communion with our Eastern brothers and sisters that it was kept on the calendar as something that we could share. And that's a marvelous notion um, because if we take all of these three things together then, in light of the scriptures we've just heard, we can begin teasing out the significance of this feast day and why it is a good thing that we celebrate it. First and foremost, question of calendar. This coming Sunday is the feast of Christ the King, 
where we celebrate the climax of the liturgical year with the Lord Jesus enthroned in heavenly glory as the one who will come again to judge the living and the dead. And yet today, note the contrast. Tiny little Mary here, a girl of three or four years old, being presented in the temple. She's not even old enough to be the mother of Jesus yet. And note how we have the hidden and wonderful beginning in the same week that we celebrate the greatness of the ending. And that is a marvelous combination. And so we attend on this feast day to the greatness of that humble, hidden, and yet wonderful beginning by which the Lord of all glory comes into the world, will win his victory, and will reign triumphant in glory until he comes again to complete all things. And yet we recognize that there is a beginning in time of these things. And that beginning in time in no small measure begins with the little girl here in the icon. And when we recognize that, we remember that from the very first instant of her life, conceived without original sin in the womb of her mother, from the very first instant of her life, Our Lady belongs to the Lord. And in belonging to the Lord, she belongs to the work of salvation. But what we see here is something very important. It is not simply a belonging where the Lord says, you are mine and we're good. Rather, we see here a giving back. Why is Our Lady that one who in the fullness of time hears the call of heaven and opens her, the world to the coming of the Savior with those words, Behold, I am the handmaid of the Lord. Let it be done unto me according to your word. Because also from the very earliest days of her life, her family gave her to the Lord. Whether that historically happened by dedicating her to live in the temple, or not, the important thing is the giving of the child into the presence of God. Note what we really celebrate then. We celebrate the fact that somehow her family saw to it, whether it was in the temple, whether it was at home, that she was always conscious of to whom she fully belonged, to whom she really belonged. A child who is raised in the presence of God, a child who is raised conscious of seeking the will of God, a child whose life and whose days are marked by a certain prayerfulness and a certain reservation of herself in all of its fullness to that one who most fully claims her and knows her. She is presented, which means she is given. And note then that we celebrate something not just about Mary, we celebrate this giving of her parents. And you see here as they open their hands in the picture, and I encourage everybody to come up and have a look at this marvelous icon later on, because the little girl is heading up to the altar to be received by the priest and the parents with open hands, empty hands, nothing of possessiveness about them. 
They have their own desires for their daughter, but they know that somebody greater than they also has desires for her, also has a plan for her, and that their greatest desires for this little girl are most easily and readily fulfilled when they are in harmony with the desires that the Lord has for her. What a marvelous, marvelous reality this is. This is why the church has long found in the figure of the Virgin Mary the fulfillment of that mysterious expression, daughter of Zion, that we heard in our first reading, where the Lord says, I will claim you, I will dwell with you, I will be with you. And on the one hand, that is a word that is addressed to all Israel, and yet it is also a word that is addressed to and about this particular Israelite, this little one, a daughter, who is truly that daughter within whom the word will dwell. Note how wondrous that is. She who is set aside to be the mother of God is also that one in whom and through whom it can first be truly said, God dwells among his people. How absolutely marvelous that is. He dwells among all of us because he will be within her. He comes to all of us because he comes to us in her and through her and by her. And so we have this wonderful moment then of the Lord promising that I literally will be with you. And she is set aside for the fulfillment of that promise. We celebrate her being given into the presence of God to grow in that presence. And what is the lesson of that presence? We hear it in that great song of hers, the Magnificat, which was our responsorial song today. And those words that she sang are not merely the composition of that wonderful moment when she visits St. Elizabeth, but they bring to expression the great, di the great disposition of a heart that grew up in the presence of God. My soul proclaims the greatness of the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God my Savior. When we first see those words in sacred scripture, she is carrying Christ within her. And yet those words do not sound as if this is the first time she's ever felt them. This is not the first time she has ever said them to herself or within herself openly to the world, perhaps. But this is what she grew up learning to live. My soul proclaims the greatness of the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God my Savior. Because it is only a soul that really does proclaim the greatness of the Lord and that finds its joy in God my Savior that can most truly and perfectly say, Behold, I am the handmaid of the Lord. May it be done unto me according to your word. And so we have this marvelous scene in the Gospel of St. Matthew, which speaks both of the little girl and now the grown woman and of us. We hear that Jesus is gathered with his disciples. He is inside, he is preaching to them and that the family of Jesus, his mother, his brothers, the extended family arrive, and they would like to speak with him. And Jesus takes advantage of the moment of somebody coming over and tapping him on the shoulder and saying, Lord, your mother's here. 
The rest of the families here, they'd like to spend some time with you. And Jesus pauses. And he looks out at the full assembly of his disciples. And he looks out at everyone and he just simply says, and who are they? My mother, my brothers, my sisters. Who are they? It's an interesting question. At first glance, we can sometimes react and wonder, is the Lord saying my mother and the rest of my family are not important? Is he saying, well, my mother's here, so what? Um, no, he's not doing that at all. Note the wonder here. Note the wonder here. He looks out at the full assembly here, and he says, who is my family? Who relates to me? as mother, as brother, as sister. And when he does that, one of the things he does in fact do is he says, do not reduce yourself to a mere cluster of physical, earthly relationships. And do not understand your relationship with me merely in those narrow terms. So the Lord is speaking of an intimacy that goes beyond the intimacy of blood and DNA here. The Lord is speaking of a new kind of family, a new kind of kinship, even deeper and actually much more real. And he says that this is a kinship in me and with me. Who is it that rightly can be called brother to me? sister to me, mother to me. Because if the answer was only those who consist of my biological family, that's a pretty small group. So all of a sudden, note what is happening here. This visit of Our Lady is the occasion by which the Lord is now teaching us a greater and more beautiful reality. And so he says, who is my mother? Who are my brothers and my sisters? No, he doesn't exclude his biological mother or the extended family at all. He includes them in this. Those who are most truly these things are those who hear the word of God and put it into practice, who do it. Know what the Lord is saying now. Belonging to me is not a matter of mere physical blood. Belonging to me and my family is not merely a matter of the right biology. It is a matter of the will and a matter of the heart. It is a matter of seeking first the will of God and living with the attitude of, let it be done with me according to your word. And note what we see here then. The greatness of Our Lady is not the fact that she is biologically the mother of Christ. That is a great thing. That is an unspeakably great thing. But it is greater still that she carried him always in her heart and in her mind even after the nine months that she carried him in her womb. Note how wonderful that is. And now the Lord is saying, 
I am inviting you into my household. That's a remarkable claim. This is the beginning of the sense that salvation in a Christian sense is not merely being rescued, it is being adopted. Adopted into a household beyond our earthly household. Adopted into the household of that one who is most truly, rightly, and perfectly Father. So the Lord is saying, I will share my life with you. I will adopt you into my family, into my household, and this is how. But in saying that, he goes even further. Because why is, is Mary is the mother of Jesus, but she is also the mother of Christ, as St. Augustine likes to say. And now we get puzzled. Well, aren't they the same? And St. Augustine will say yes and no. Because a mother never gives birth just to a head. That would be monstrous. She gives birth to a fully formed body, right? Christ, the full Christ, is the head connected to all of his members. Jesus is the head of the church. We are his members. The body is one and has one mother. The mother of the head must also be the mother of the members. Note how wonderful that is. And so the Lord is also saying to his mother, the family just got bigger. The family just got bigger here. You who are mother to me are likewise mother to all of those who are joined to me. Note how wonderful that really is. And so the Lord here is not rejecting the dignity of his mother. The Lord is actually showing us a marvelous expansion of what it means to call her his mother. Because the mother of the head is also the mother of the rest of the body. But now the Lord says, when you strive to do the will of God, you truly do live as brother and sister to me. I have given you a sharing in my life, and how do you express and live that sharing? By doing what I do, seeking to serve and honor the will of my Father. But note else what we see here. The Lord says to the entire community, not just the Virgin Mary, you can be mother to me. What an odd expression that is, because we can't physically give birth to Jesus. And yet, we call the church a mother, don't we? Giving birth to many children, many brothers and sisters of Christ through the waters of baptism. And so note what St. And so Saint Augustine, reflecting on this, continues his discussion of what it is to be a member of the body of Christ when he says this, and any time one of you believers brings another to the faith, brings another to the baptismal font, you become, in a very real way, mother to Christ. What a marvelous image that is. And know what it even implies about something so common in our experience of parents bringing their children, recently born, to the baptismal font. And how, in its own way, that is an action of becoming mother to Christ. 
And one can be both the biological mother of the child and at the same time in bringing the child to the sacrament, be mother to Christ in that very moment. As Christ takes that new young one as his own brother or sister, one who shares his life. This is what we celebrate here. And so note the Lord in speaking this way also speaks about the way we come and present ourselves to him. About the way we come and present ourselves to the will of the Father to do his will and to live his will. And we see that the lesson of the little girl in the picture here. The little girl brought by her parents to live in the presence of God becomes a sign to all of us that as with her, so with us, the more we learn to live each day more fully in the presence of God, the more, we can more, the more with all truth we can rightly say, here I am, the servant of the Lord. May it be done unto me in accordance with your word. Amen.